0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: What? Did we just become best friends? Yep! Fantasy best friends forever.
0: What's up everybody? Welcome to Fantasy BFFs. I'm Mike Florio, because Greg Sussman, after one week, decided he no longer wants to be best friends with Frank and I. Actually, he is just on vacation, so I'm joined here with uh, Frank Stamphol. We had a a pretty exciting weekend, I guess you could say, in the world of baseball. As uh, you know, we saw a trade go down. The Braves have finally, after I mean, what feels like teams trying for decades of getting the Reds to uh, Brandon Phillips to accept the trade out of Cincinnati, he finally agreed to one going to Atlanta, which is going to open up things for Jose Peraza. Reds manager today said that Peraza is going to start uh, at second base pretty much every day, and that Zach Cozart will not be in every uh, uh, will play almost every day. So that's going to leave uh, Dilson Herrera looking as the odd man out. Some people were speculating, uh, myself included, I thought he would at least get a shot at one at winning a job. Uh, maybe move Peraza over to short and have him play some second base, but. It looks like he will be starting in the minors. Maybe he could win a bench job. That's the guy that they acquired from the Mets via the Jay Bruce trade. So it looked like they were pretty high on him. Okay, but Frank Stamfoll is joining me, and he will talk about. Uh, he will talk with me about this Brandon Phillips trade.
1: Mikey, what's up? What's up, kid? How are you? Uh, I'm all right. Not a, a little bit more tame weekend. How about yourself? A little bit
0: more tame. Uh, I had a, I took it easy this week, and I'm going away this week, so I saved all the, uh, all my activities for when I go away. That makes sense. Yeah, I did go out though for you know some Valentine's Day dinner. Had uh, some hibachi. It was really good actually.
1: Hibachi. I've never had hibachi. I
0: got to get on that. Dude, you got to try. The best part is the place we went to. They took sake. They had it in a squirter and like they would just spray like squirt it at <laughs> your mouth and the guy would what? the guy would count out like how long you know you could keep drinking for and you know i i got to like 9 or 10 seconds i was pretty hyped and he just kept doing it, though. Like, usually they do it once. This guy, every two seconds, he was like, Saki! And he would just start doing it to everyone at the table. It was it was a lot of fun.
1: That's how everybody should celebrate their Valentine's Day. Just with a squirt bottle going up to people. <laughs> Saki! And started squirting it. Uh, do you think
0: you could get away with that? Like, like say, you know, right, right now, like, in the studio, like, you were walking around, you're just spraying people with Saki. You think it would... It would be uh, get a thumbs up? Or no, no, no.
1: Like me and you, it wouldn't work. Someone else it might work for, but no, certainly not me and you. It uh, would be frowned upon? Yeah. I've never had sake. How does it taste?
0: It was the first time I ever had it. It's actually really smooth. It, it didn't taste bad at all.
1: Did it get you feeling loose? Or?
0: Uh, If I had more, probably.
1: But oh, I was, So the nine or ten seconds of squirt action did not get you it, anywhere? It, it would... The thing is, though,
0: you're also eating a lot yeah, as you're doing it. So I'm sure if I was just drinking it, yeah, I would have it. It was good, though. Like, I'm down to drink sake more often now.
1: I've never had hibachi. So what did you get when you went to the hibachi place to eat?
0: Oh, I had filet mignon. Oh, Mikey. <laughs> it All was, right. It was awesome, man, because they give you – it comes in, like, set things. Like, uh, my girlfriend had, mignon, uh, had some sort of steak and salmon. And it's not as expensive as you would think, actually, but you get the fried rice, the vegetables – uh, they gave you shrimp. I don't eat shrimp, so I gave mine to her. But they gave you that. You get soup. Oh, you're salad. missing out, Mike. Come on. It it was this pretty sick deal. I'm not gonna lie. Like the food was awesome. I definitely want to go to this place again.
1: All right. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to jump on that eventually. I've nope. never had. I gotta go. We'll,
0: we'll go. we'll go. We'll go on a BFF's date. Let's yeah, we'll, make it we'll a
1: triple go. date. Let's get Greg and his girlfriend too.
0: I'm down. I don't know if Greg would venture out to Queens. That we might. He might want us to go to somewhere in Manhattan.
1: It's snowing outside, Mike. I just thought I'd give you a weather update.
0: Ah, uh, boo! I hate the snow.
1: Can't you not wait to miss the snow and go to Arizona where it's like eighty degrees?
0: Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I wish the blizzard happened while I was away because I don't really like the snow. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I liked it when I was younger. But not now that like you gotta go to work and stuff. You just you'll wish there was no snow.
1: Yep, I agree with you, <laughs> dude. Brandon Phillips to Atlanta. I find this interesting because didn't wasn't he supposed to go there last year and then he voided the deal? So I'm trying to figure out why did he not void it this time? He has some kind of like parcel no trade clause, I, I believe. Something like that, right?
0: Uh, yeah, he, he rejected tr- like m- trade after trade where he was going to get sent somewhere. One was to Atlanta, I believe. I, I tweeted out on Saturday night when the report came out that, you know, the Braves are once again trying to acquire him. I said, uh, this is all fun and games until uh, Brandon Phillips gives us the Dikembe Mutombo finger wag again. But, <laughs> but he approved it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't really know what the difference between last year and this year was. Maybe, you know, final year of the contract. I believe he might be from Atlanta, so I'm surprised he didn't want to go there last year. But, you know, don't sleep on Atlanta, man. I know they were terrible last year. Uh, The pitching is still not great, but that lineup from top to bottom is not terrible.
0: I'm pretty happy, though, that he is going to hit sixth. I was a little afraid that they were going to slide him in the two-hole and then move Dansby Swanson down to like seven or eight. I was getting worried about that because...
1: why does that worry you? Like are you a big Danzy Swanson guy? Do you want to do you think that's good for his development? Or do you just you like Brendan Phillip lower in the lineup because he's older or
0: a mix of both. Like I like the fact that Swanson is getting every opportunity to develop. And I also think though he's just more fantasy relevant in the two hole where, you know, he can still run a bit. He will probably score some run like a lot of runs. A lot for, you know, an Atlanta lineup. But I, I feel like Phillips is the better bat that would hit six rather than Swanson. Like, Phillips still does have some pop. He can, you know, drive in the run, like some runs. Whereas I think Dansby, they would have put him like seven or eight. Or maybe they, you know, I was even a little bit afraid. Maybe they try and do the Cubs thing and hit the pitcher eighth and the speedy guy ninth. And I think it would have just killed his fantasy value.
1: Yeah, so now they have uh, Adonis Garcia Garcia actually drops even lower in the lineup. He's projected to hit seventh as of now. Uh, I agree with you. I like Brandon Phillips in the sixth spot in the lineup. Still does have a little bit of pop last year. You know, for a while now, we've kind of just expected him to fall off. I know he had those two seasons in 2013 and 2014 where the average dropped. He went... Uh, to 261, and then 266 the year after. But now he's really picked it back up, uh, reshaping himself. 294 batting average in 2015, and then last year, 291. He actually picked things up a lot in the second half last year, too. So I think Brandon Phillips is a sneaky guy for Roto Leagues. Not really in on him for points because, you know, he doesn't walk at all. Uh, Career-low walk rate last year, just 3.1%. Doesn't strike out, makes a lot of contact, but the walks are not going to be enough to be relevant in points leagues. I don't mind him as like uh, your, your middle infielder in a, in a mixed 12 team or 15 league later on. You know, he could still give you 12 homers, 12 stolen bases uh, with a high batting average. And I, I think there is value with that.
0: Yeah. Do you have any concerns of him leaving uh, the Great American Small Park and now heading to this new ballpark in Atlanta, which I don't know if we're really sure how it's going to play out just yet? Like, it could. Does
1: anyone know the dimensions yet? Because I was looking it up. I was trying to figure out, like, is it going to play better for seen pitchers him. or hitters? So I think that's still kind of up in the air. But regardless, I think he could still give you 10 home runs. I, I think that's a safe floor for Brandon Phillips.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's been very consistent as a hitter, both home and away throughout his career, 275 at home, 274 on the road. It's just you do see some more power numbers uh, for him at home, which is to be expected, but it's not like he's a slouch on the road. So I'm not really concerned about that. I, I do, And I think the best part of this move is now it opens up a spot for Jose Peraza.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what everyone was waiting for to see, you know, what the Reds were going to do, how they were going to be able to get Peraza in the lineup. And I know that this is something that we spoke about on our other shows as well. Peraza was getting drafted decently high because of the stolen base upside, and it's so hard to come by stolen bases. But, you know, he makes a lot of great contact. Uh, I think he can get on base. So he's going to have opportunities to steal. We just didn't know if there was a place for him to play every day in Cincinnati. And now it looks like he might actually be able to do so uh, at the second base position. This is really interesting. Greg Ambrosius uh, tweeted this out. Since the trade has happened in four NFBC drafts, he went from 113 to 109, 97, and 84. That was his ADP. That's where he was getting drafted in the latest NFBC draft. So, I mean, we're already seeing the rise of Jose Peraza. I'm, how do you feel about uh, you know, his outlook now with, with Brandon Phillips gone?
0: Oh, and the fact that they said he's going to be their every day second baseman, I- I'm even higher on him now than I was last night because, like, I, I opened the show with, I was a little uh, speculating a little bit that maybe Dilson Herrera gets a, sh- a chance, just, you know, a- a open competition, something along those lines.
1: I still think that there's a chance, though, because I've seen Dilson Herrera's name being thrown around places.
0: Yeah, well, Price came out today and said that Jose Peraza is going to be their every day second baseman. Okay. So uh, that, I mean, it, it depends also where he hits in the lineup. I'm projecting that he's going to hit second. But, I mean, we all like Peraza. It's just a matter of how high his ADP is going to climb. At, at 84 overall, that, that might be like the peak where I would take a shot on him because if he keeps climbing I think up, it's just going to keep going. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to own him in a lot of leagues then. But here's one thing I haven't heard anyone bring up, and I want to ask you. with Now the fact that they have a spot every day for Peraza, And he can, you know, he is a high OBP guy. Do you have any fear that if Billy Hamilton gets off to a slow start, they could bump him back down to the bottom of the lineup like they did at the start of last year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's always definitely a chance. That's what's so scary about drafting Billy Hamilton is, you know, we've seen him get demoted before. So, you know, he struggles against left-handed pitching. If that's something, maybe they work some kind of platoon in or, you know, when he... When, he, uh, when they're facing a left-hander, maybe they push Billy Hamilton to the bottom of the lineup, keep Jose Praza at the top, because Jose Praza is a right-handed bat, so maybe that makes more sense. Um, doesn't walk a lot. I mean, just 2.7% last year, but great batting average, uh, 324, which, which led to the 352 OBP, but 21 stolen bases in only 72 games. I mean, we're talking about a potential 45, 50 stolen base guy. That's why I, I just... I think his ADP is going to continue to climb now that he's, you know, has a full-time role. And I can't knock people for doing so. I really, I feel great for the people who had their slow drafts already take place or whatever drafts they've done, and they got Jose Peraza, uh, Peraza much later on because I really do think he's going to turn out to be one of these steals uh, in drafts that happened already. The stolen bases are legit. This is a guy he stole 64 bases in a minor league season. You know he has. He has legit speed. That is his plus plus tool. Uh, and the batting average looks legit as well. So I think I'm in on Peraza, but he is of the mold of that D. Gordon, Billy Hamilton kind of guy. So it really, you know, do you want to punt? Do you want to give up a two, two categories when you draft a guy like this? That's really something that you have to decide when you're putting your teams together.
0: And I really do think these guys' value, though, especially Billy Hamilton, is tied to where he's going to hit in the lineup. Just going back to what I said, if they drop him, because looking at last year, in 46 games when he hit leadoff, he had 31 stolen bases. 30 games when he hit second, he had 16 stolen bases. 20 games when he hit seventh, he had just six stolen bases. And then he had just four in 16 games where he hit ninth. So those are the four spots we really seen him get action at last year and when he was at the top of the lineup he was the guy we all know and love stealing you know a ton of bases almost averaged a, like a steal per more than a steal per every 2 games in the top of the order but not doing so at all really when he hits the bottom of the order and that makes sense because you know you're not going to really want to run when you're in the bottom of the order you're just trying to you know get back to the guys at the top of the lineup and that's where you really look to produce the runs for you know the guys like Avado and previously like Bruce and Phillips so i do worry that if he, I, I, I think it's a little bit more worrisome for Billy Hamilton now because the fact that they have another speedy guy, a guy who can get on base. That if Hamilton, you know, starts to slow down, they could just bump him back down and put Peraza in the top.
1: the Resource currently has Jose Peraza at eight, so I'm interested to see, you know, what they do here. I think it actually makes more sense for him to hit leadoff, considering he is more of a complete hitter. Like. Much better than Billy Hamilton. I think we can all confidently say that. Uh, But but, the speed is probably better for Hamilton. But I I do think that Peraza is a better all-around hitter than, than Hamilton is.
0: I agree. But that, for me, I would want to put him second then because then you get Hamilton on. There's a better chance that Peraza could drive Hamilton in rather than Hamilton driving in Peraza. True. And, you know, if you could get... Even if Hamilton gets out, then, you know, Peraza gets on base. You have him right before the big bats in your lineup. So,
1: And imagine if they both get on. So first and second leading off, how many times we're going to see a double steal scenario with Billy Hamilton and Jose Peraza?
0: Yeah, and then a ton of RBI opportunities for uh, Joey Votto. Unless, you know, they steal every time and then the team just intentionally walk Votto. <laughs>
1: That, that is a good point. Or maybe, you know, maybe he just won't even want to swing the bat because we've seen him do that before where all he does is uh, draw walks.
0: So before we hit a break, we had some NFL news. The Giants cut veteran Victor Cruz.
1: I think we were all kind of expecting this, right? Because he was a big, uh, well, not maybe not a, a huge, but you know, he had a bigger cap hit than they probably want to take on. And between the whole, you know, boat gate or whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, down in Miami, he wasn't... He wasn't doing what he was supposed to do as a veteran, you know, supposed to be guiding Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard, and instead, you know, getting in trouble with all that stuff. And uh, just production wise, he was a shell of his former self. It was great that he was able to play for a full 16 games and, you know, come back from the injury like he did, but I, I think his better days are behind him. I think he'll latch on with another team for you know a much less price, but you know we should see an uptick in targets for Sterling Shepard, and I really do expect the Giants to either go out and sign a big name tight end or uh, draft one early on.
0: I expect them to do that and add some wide receiver depth. But as you were saying, Cruz was a seven point five. They say the Giants now saved seven point five million against the cap. I also think it makes sense because he obviously plays his best ball on the slot, which is where rookie Sterling Shepard kind of thrived this year, and that's the future, so that's the way you're looking to go. Uh, But, you know, I guess we'll take a break here when we come back. You you and, you know, any listeners, if you guys want to give us a call, uh, 844-843-FNTSY, you're going to help me finish my outfield rankings. That's the one position I haven't finished yet. But there's a little uh, audible here, I guess. It's for points leagues. So no one really talks about points leagues. And me and you love them. So we're going to really specialize in them. So we'll finish that when we come back on uh, Fantasy BFFs. Welcome back to Fantasy BFFs. Mike Florio here with Frank Stample. And as we said before we went to break, you know, you guys are going to help me finish my rankings. I have to get this uh, done at Roto Experts. Package, exclusive edge package, comes out tomorrow. I'm um, sorry, Wednesday. So I want to get these done by Wednesday, you know, so I can go on vacation. I not have to worry about where to rank, you know, Charlie Blackman. But uh,
1: that's exactly what you should do. You should be in Arizona. You should, you know, you should take a tally, a survey of Arizonians, how they would uh, rank the outfield position.
0: Yeah, I'm going to pass on that. But... <laughs> That's so all I got you. You know, we're BFFs. You're going to help me. If anyone wants to call, the number is uh, 844-843-6879.
1: Feel free to send write-ins on Twitter.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, at FNTSY Radio or me, I'm at Michael F. Florio. Frank, what's your handle?
1: At Roto underscore Frank.
0: There you go. So, you know, I started the, the rankings off because there's no real point in talking about these guys. My first tier in this order, I have Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Chris Bryant, and Bryce Harper.
1: Nothing crazy there. I, I kind of wanted to see if you would include Charlie Blackman just at the end of that tier.
0: I currently have him fifth at the start of tier two. I do think, though, there is a fall off because even Blackman at his best, I don't think can equate to what those top four guys are. I don't know if you agree or not.
1: I mean, last year was pretty close to his best, but he missed some time. So if he played a full season... At last year's production rate, I mean, he probably could approach those guys in points leagues. Uh, But I guess we should factor into that, you know, he's had injuries in the past as well.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the the top four guys that I said are amongst four of the best players in baseball. Even even though Bryce Harper had a down year last year, I at least am expecting him to bounce back. I I think he is going to have a year similar, like in between what he did last year and what he did in 2015.
1: So what's like a realistic projection then?
0: I think this guy could give you uh, maybe a two hundred eighty average, hit you 30, over 30 homers, drive in over 100 ribbies, and score 90-plus runs.
1: Yeah, makes a- sense. And he stole and
0: over 20 bases last year, so he can give you double-digit steals.
1: And for points leagues, he's awesome because the walk rate. I mean, the past two years, 2015, 19% walk rate, and then last year, 17% walk rate. Even though he had the two forty three average, three seventy three OBP, which is huge for points leagues.
0: Yeah, I mean, this guy, you can get him at the end of round one, maybe even in some leagues beginning of round two, and you have a chance, a legitimate chance, at getting the number one player in fantasy like he was two years ago.
1: Fair enough. Let's move on, Mikey. we got to get through some of these outfielders. All right,
0: so after that, it's the whole rest of the field. You know, Blackman, <laughs> uh, the guys who are on the top of the list, If because I'm doing this on Fantasy Pros, but I know we're not going to agree with them. You know, they have Blackman, Marte, Braun, Cruz, Turner, Springer, Pollock, Cargo, JD Martinez, Stanton. I would say those are the guys that we should probably start with, you know. So who I I think so we're So are you
1: doing tears or what?
0: Yeah, I'm doing tiers. Okay. I think we're both in agreement, probably, that Charlie Blackman, number five. Yeah, that's fine. Alright, so then after that, I mean Starling Marte, we have discussed
1: last week. Absolutely not. He's gonna be closer to twenty.
0: Yeah, I just bumped in, him in out of tier weeks. two. So, now we have, after Blackman, you know, we got to decipher between Braun, Cruz, Trey, Trey Turner. Trey Turner.
1: Trey Turner should go next. Hey. Do you do you feel confident about that, though? In points <sighs> leagues? The
0: thing... I, I, I don't think... Like, we, we spoke about this on our Weekend Fantasy Update show, if you want to listen on demand. I don't think I'm going to own Turner in a lot of leagues, because I don't feel confident, because... Everything he did last year across the board was way better than anything he's done in the minor leagues. But at the same point in time, the ceiling is so high that I completely understand why people are spending a late first, early second round pick on this guy. I just don't think I'm going to be the one to do so.
1: So I just I want to give you a little heads up here and kind of make a comparison. Jose Ramirez finished as the 11th outfielder in points leagues last year. And that's with a 311 batting average, 11 home runs, uh, and 22 stolen bases. So if we project about similar power for Trey Turner, 11 to what, 13, 14 home runs with a 310 batting average, except Jose Ramirez stole 22 bases and Trey Turner can maybe steal you know, 40 to 50, I think that automatically you know, bounces him up into the 510 range, which is where we're at right now. Yeah, so he, I kind of wanted to use that as a he comparison. He would be
0: number six if I put him right there. I like that. Followed then by, uh Nelly, you know, there's Braun, there's Nelly Cruz. George Springer is someone I like a lot this year, as is J.D. Martinez.
1: Especially because George Springer walks a lot and he's going to hit at the top of a great lineup, which is really something that I want to stress for, you know, points league's owners. It is getting guys that hit in the top half of really potent lineups because they're going to have so many opportunities to not only get at-bats so, like, more at-bats can give you more fantasy points, but they could score more runs. Uh, And just because, you know, if they're in a better lineup, they're going to have more opportunities to bat because, you know, so many players in that lineup are getting hits that they're getting more opportunities. So I I do like George Springer a lot. I would say it's between him and Nelson Cruz here.
0: Uh, So while you were talking, I kind of threw Springer 7, Cruz
1: 8. I don't have a problem with that.
0: Just because I think, like, what we saw last year, first of all, I have George Springer. Was really good. He finished last year 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th outfielder in standard points leagues. Uh, He was a couple of points behind Nelson Cruz, but I think there's a chance that he could get even better. Whereas I think Cruz has kind of plateaued. Like, we're not saying anything bad about Cruz. He's awesome. But I just think... Where
1: can you see George Springer getting better, though? I think for, because he scored 116 runs last year, and if he's hitting at the top of the lineup, the 82 RBIs, I think the stolen bases could go up. I really don't know how much, you know, the run scored. I think you know 116 is a really massive. Yeah, amount. I was going
0: to say I think the stolen bases. I could see him getting closer to what he was at 16 the year before. I could see him getting around 15. I also think this guy is one of those. Like, remember the power pro, like prospect he was. Like, 29 home runs is great. But I still think this guy could have a season where he hits 35-40 home runs.
1: Okay, and in that lineup, it makes sense. Uh, I do want to point out that he had a whopping 744 plate appearances and didn't miss a single game last year. That is awesome. And with all of that included, he finished as the seventh outfielder. So I really do think that that is his ceiling. I, I think that that's where he's at. I think he's a volume play, kind of similar to Adam Jones, where you know if he ever misses time it's really it's really going to hurt his value.
0: Yeah, I could certainly see that, but I, I don't know. I think it's a mix of him being so much younger than Nelly Cruz and just that I, I still do think... like I think last year is kind of what you would draft him expecting, but I think he has a chance, like I said, to get a little bit better, whereas I think Nelson Cruz, I don't really see him improving upon what he did last year. I
1: don't know how many players did this last season, but fun fact... George Springer actually got caught stealing more times than he had stolen bases.
0: That's kind of crazy. That he had ten me, caught actually. stealing
1: and nine stolen bases.
0: That worries me a little bit.
1: Yeah. Something to consider. So let's say we
0: have these guys 7-8 then, though. Uh, so After that, you know, some guys I have penciled in, not in any order, but guys I think belong in the same tier. Uh, Braun, Cargo, Cespedes, Pollock, J.D. Martinez, John Carlos Stanton. Hmm.
1: Braun, Cargo... Cespedes. Braun scares me, man. Yeah. I, like, I I know he's a he's a guarantee to miss twenty games per year and in a points leagues where uh where volume and at bats are so important, it, it just scares me for Ryan Braun.
0: Braun last year finished because he missed time. He finished, uh, you know, below like Ian Desmond, Christian Yelich, Jose Ramirez. He was yeah. still a, an outfield one, I believe. On a points
1: per game basis, he's going to be awesome. But,
0: but I, I actually worry because we spoke about this last week.
1: You know, his. He hit he, the ball on the ground a, a ton, ton, a career high last his year. His
0: home runs, he had the highest by far home runs to fly ball rate in the league. So.
1: Regression candidate.
0: Yeah, I am not comfortable putting him like ninth. Like. Guys, I think I would rather have over him. He
1: should be at the bottom of this tier, in my opinion.
0: I'd rather have Ioannis Cespedes. Agreed. I'd rather have Carlos Gonzalez. That's
1: a little closer, but I think I agree.
0: And I'd rather have more than Carlos Gonzalez. I'd rather have J.D. Martinez.
1: Yeah, so I think that's what it comes down to right now. I think J.D. Martinez and Cespedes are really the top guys here. How do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, no, I like both a lot. Uh, The only issue I have... Uh, the reason I think I would put Cespedes a little bit higher was because I know it wasn't like an injury. It, it, he ran into a wall. But J.D. misses a he, lot of time, too. He does miss time. So I think I, I would use that as a tiebreaker. I love J.D. Martinez's ability. And if you know, if you buy in, I believe he is on a contract he year. He is a contract year. Yep. Yeah, so so I, I think those guys 9 and 10 right after, you know, the Springer and Cruises of the world. Yeah, I like that. And then after that, you know, Cargo, Braun, Pollock, Stanton, would. I, I kind of like him in that order. I'm okay flip-flopping Braun and Cargo. I just think, thinking about it, the the ballpark I know is great in Milwaukee, but it's even better in Colorado. That lineup is stacked. Cargo has proven that, you know, the last few years, he, he's really proven that he can be a durable player. I'm, I'm kind of buying into Cargo. I, I think I'm going to have him over Ryan Braun.
1: I know I've kind of talked Pollock down a little bit based on the, uh, the injury that he's suffered, the, the fractured elbow coming back from that, he's now fractured it twice. He has metal plates and screws in his arm, so it, it is very worrisome. But if I'm going to take an injury-prone player between Pollock, Braun, and Stanton, I think I'd rather have Pollock. I don't know how you feel about that. I, I think I would rank them really? Cargo, then Pollock, Braun, Stanton.
0: See, I think at that point, if I'm taking a chance on a guy, I would go with the guy with the highest upside.
1: But that's the thing. You don't think Pollock has the highest upside of this group because if not only Braun is an injury-prone player, but we're expecting him to regress as well, I mean, you factor both of those things in, and his value is going to drop a lot, in my opinion.
0: I think Giancarlo Stanton might have the highest upside.
1: Oh. Well, that makes sense, but I, I, I don't want anything to do with him. He won't be on any of my teams, I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I think those three...
1: Hey, these are your rankings, Mike, so you have the final say.
0: No, no, I, I know. I, I currently, though, I'm going back and forth. I had Pollock originally the higher one, but then I'm like, uh, I, I'm going to have Pollock. I think I'm going to have it. Braun Pollock stain.
1: Where do you I, have Ian Desmond?
0: I was going to say, uh, there's other people who, for some reason, Ian Desmond starts off really low on this list. The other guys who may be worthy of a tier two, I think Ian Desmond certainly is... uh there is, I don't know if you believe him, if he should be this high. there's. So I'm just going to name some guys to jump out. Matt Camp, Mark Trumbo, uh, Jose Batista.
1: Yeah, no, I, all, I think all those guys should be a little bit lower. Desmond is a guy I think maybe sneaks into this tier.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to put him actually in between Pollock and Stan.
1: So how do you have it now?
0: Cargo, Braun, Pollock, Desmond, Stan.
1: Okay,
0: I'm cool with it. Just because I think Desmond is uh, actually, I might put Desmond ahead of Pollock because when healthy, Pollock kind of is what Desmond is. He's a little bit better than De- like he is if he lives up to it. I think he's better than Desmond. I agree. But Desmond is much safer, and we're gonna get similar production. So I'm actually gonna have him ahead of Pollock. Okay. See, this is why we're doing this. Like so we could talk things out and help people. Hopefully, they're at home taking notes or tweeting us so on to tier three now man this is this is gonna be a fun one you know they got Upton Polanco Marte Yelich McCutcheon will Myers Matt camp uh uh yeah actually you know what we'll save that and we'll talk some NBA and you know we got some elimination chamber on tap we're gonna talk all this when we come back on fantasy best friends forever Welcome back to Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Here with my BFF, Frank Stanfield. He's uh, ringing the bell and helping me finish my outfield rankings because, you know, I have to get these done by That's Wednesday. That's what friends are for. <laughs> exactly. I banged out a lot of positions over the weekend, but outfield is hey, just is so much. Hey, Valentine's Day, you know? <laughs> uh, outfield is a lot. so I, And I like to get an, out, an outside perspective so it's not just all you know, the way I think, you know, in case maybe I'm too high or too low on a player, you know, someone could uh, talk me off the ledge.
1: Yeah, let's do it. What, tier three, who we got?
0: Uh, There's Upton, Polanco, Marte, Yelich, McCutcheon, Will Myers, Matt Camp, uh, Mark Trumbo, you know, and there's the deeper guys too. Anyone, Jose Batista, anyone really in the field that we haven't Mm -hmm. said yet is in uh, consideration.
1: So which way are you leaning? Who are like the top three guys right now?
0: I like Gregory Polanco a lot. I think that, you know, he had the hot start last year, and then he got hurt in the second half, and that's when his production really started to plummet. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, you could say that's like a narrative, but the kid is just 25 years old. And, he I mean, even if he did what he did last year, you would like to see the average come up a bit more because he always hit higher average in the minors, but 22 homers, 79 runs, 86 rubies, 17 stolen bases.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. I could see it. What about McCutcheon then? Because McCutcheon had a huge down year, but he didn't finish that far behind Polanco in terms of fantasy points. He had a big
0: final two months as well.
1: So are you factoring that in? Because he's a guy that I I think should be a little bit higher in points leagues.
0: To be honest, I was going to say you could easily start this tier with the three pirate guys. Like Marte is the one I'm lowest on in points because... You know, he does he gets a lot of his value in roto because of the stolen bases. He doesn't hit for a lot of power.
1: And he misses time every year.
0: Yeah. So but I I still do think you could start with those three guys if you wanted. I mean, I also like Matt Kemp a lot. I know he strikes out a little bit more than you would want in a points league, but he is le- a legitimate power bat. He's going to be in that Braves lineup which is not nearly as bad as you may think. So, not you. I'm just saying like people in general.
1: Hey, why are you calling me out? <laughs> now, I like Kemp too, though. Kemp, you know, the power has been legit the past couple of years. He's finally staying healthy, uh, maybe not trying to do as much as he used to, but, I mean, the, home, the, the power is legit, and he's in a good lineup, so I think he's going to have an opportunity to drive in a lot of runs. So I, I also do like Matt Kemp a lot. I think he should be at the top of this tier somewhere.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking some order of him, Polanco, McCutcheon for the first three in this tier.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, if you wanted to start with Polanco, that's cool. And then we could go Kemp, McCutcheon, uh, Marte. I think Yelich should be in there too. I'm not a huge Yelich guy, but he is really good in points leagues.
0: Yeah, I actually I would take Yelich. Although I am expecting regression for Yelich, he, just like Ryan Braun, hit the ball on the ground a ton, had to relied on a high home runs to fly ball rate.
1: Doesn't really matter for points leagues though because if he's giving you doubles and scoring a lot of runs and walking a lot, it does help.
0: Yeah, I think him and Starling Marte are very, very close. Like, I would have those two probably, like, 19 and 20.
1: I, I think, think I'd rather have Yellich.
0: Yeah, I have Yellich currently 19. I have this tier starting off Polanco, Kemp, McCutcheon, Yelich, Marte. Okay. Then there is... Uh, Justin Upton is not someone... I, like, I'd rather have, personally, a Jose Batista than a Justin Upton. Although, mm. Justin Upton did, I believe, finish this year very strong.
1: Yeah, he did. I know the second half was very good for Justin Upton. Um, and that's something that we expected because, you know, he was coming over from the National League, uh, playing in the American League for the first time with the Detroit Tigers. So, you know, there is a transition period there. Uh, we've seen it even with the best hitters. I mean, Albert Pujols struggled when he first came over. So I, I think the second half might be a little bit closer to what we should expect from Justin Upton. Maybe not as good, but I think he's going to be better overall this year. Uh But something that you like to point out in points leagues is that he's a month-by-month guy. I mean, he can have a great month. I was
0: actually just about to say it.
1: Yeah, so that matters more for Roto because Roto, it's end-of-year standings. You know, what do you put together uh, as a whole? But in points leagues, you really want consistency. And Justin Upton is a guy, you know, this month he can hit two homers, the next month he can hit 11. And, you know, just on a week-to-week basis when you're versing someone that's not really a guy that you want is like... You're outfield one or outfield two?
0: Yeah, that's gonna be the tiebreaker for me with Upton for a lot of these guys. Like, I think he's gonna be one of these guys that one of the guys at the bottom of this tier because, like you said, like his end of the year, look at the end of the year numbers where he finished. You'll be like, all right, he had a pretty good year. Like even years when he didn't, have, you know, have this awful start that he had last year. But there are just some weeks where you know you're gonna invest an early round pick on this guy and get ten points out of him, maybe if that.
1: Yep. And so, then there's going to be others where he gives you, like, 40, and you're just not going to be able to predict I actually
0: it. think one name that we overlooked a bit, though, was Will Myers. I think he might have to go up a little bit higher.
1: Does he still have outfield eligibility, though?
0: Uh, that I have to check. I mean, Fan, Fangraphs, I think, uses Yahoo eligibility, which will give you eligibility if you played you know a game there six years ago. But <laughs> he is currently on the list. I don't know if he has outfield eligibility. I have right, I'm to...
1: pulling it up right now. So last year he only played... 10 games in the outfield, which I think for most websites is not going to be enough. I think for most, you need 20.
0: I am not ranking him in the outfield.
1: Yeah, I don't think that should happen.
0: Uh, other guys, Will Myers, he gone. A name that we overlooked, I mean, you were talking about him earlier, Jose Ramirez. Very true. I think he belongs in the, in the tier with Yelich and Marte. I would say they're kind of similar players. That's I, true. Ramirez.
1: And he just finished as, you know, the 11th outfielder last Ramirez year. Ramirez
0: may have, I don't know if you agree. He may have the highest ceiling of these guys.
1: Because as good as he was last year, it feels like he can be even better, right? You know in what? that offense?
0: I think I'm going to put him just ahead of Yelich and Marte.
1: No. I think right behind him.
0: All right. I'm cool with that. Then
1: I think... But they are your rankings, Mike. You know?
0: No, no, no. I I mean... I'm kind of torn on those guys, so I, I'll, I'll listen to you and put him at 21. Then, uh, you know, th- some other guys, I don't think they belong in this tier, but some underrated points leagues guys are Cole Calhoun and Ben Zobrist. They're uh, popping up on this list right now of names I'm looking at. These are guys who every year get drafted pretty late. And, and always, Nick Markakis. Yeah, Nick Markakis is my guy. I The thing about Nick Markakis though, that differs for me amongst these guys, Nick Markakis is consistently mediocre like you don't ever want to start Nick Markakis. I agree. But if you if you gotta if you you know you're in a pinch, you need fifteen points, you could throw Markakis in and you'll get it.
1: Yeah that's the thing. He's super consistent for points leagues but the upside is not there. Last year if you look at it though he finished with more fantasy points than Justin Upton, Starling Marte, I mean Dexter Fowler. He's over a lot of big names here. He had more than JD Martinez, Jose Batista uh, you know mostly gonna because be... those guys got hurt, but that's something that you have to factor in because um, they do get hurt a lot. You know
0: what's going to be funny though, right? When, when my rankings get published on Fantasy Pro, uh, they're going to show me as the high guy on Nick Marcaik is probably by a <laughs> wide margin, because I think I'm the only one who you know posts points leagues rankings, and everyone else does Roto. So I'm going to look like a fool for those of you who look at my rankings and don't know their points leagues. <laughs> but Hopefully you go to rotoexperts.com and you see that it is points league's rankings.
1: Yeah. But uh, I don't think Mark Higgins should be in this tier yet. Maybe no, a little I bit later either. on, more I, of like I, a outfield three, low-end kind of guy that you could just take for consistency uh, purposes.
0: There's, but, there's still Mark Trumbo we could throw in this tier.
1: I like Adam Eaton a lot, too. Going to score a lot of runs. Going to get on base a lot. Uh, stolen bases could go up in the National League, so I think that's something that you should consider as well. Uh, but I also do like Trumbo. Trumbo was a name that I was just looking at. Uh, I believe he finished as a top 10 outfielder. Yep, 2 four, seventh outfielder last year. Yeah, Mark I'd rather...
0: I, you know what? This is one that we spoke about a couple weeks ago, and I kind of flip-flopped on it. I, well, I am now. I said I'd rather have Jose Batista, but I think I'm going to put... Trumbo ahead of Batista.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the way to go too. Just I, because we know what he could do in Baltimore in Camden Yards. Jose Batista, one year older, uh still has to battle injuries all the time. It wouldn't shock me if Batista does fit better. I mean uh finish better, but I I, I think Trumbo is safer.
0: I actually am considering putting Trumbo a lot higher, like moving him ahead of Christian Yelich.
1: I don't mind it. I might actually get like six points for every home run. I might
0: actually move him all. Like I feel like he has to be ahead of Matt Kemp, too, because, like Matt Kemp is good, but Mark Trumbo is going to hit more home runs. He's in a better lineup. He's in a better. But we expect Trumbo
1: to regress a little bit, right? And the second half was a little worrisome. It's something you do have to consider every single year. I mean, he's a first half player. If you look at Mark Trumbo's second halves over the past, you know, five years, every single one of them. He, he breaks down in the second half, so I think that is something that we have to consider. And if we've, we were just talking about for consistency purposes, I mean, he's not really a guy that's going to help you out later on in the year.
0: Yeah, so if you're listening and you draft Mark Chumbo in any league, you know, take, a, take Frank's word on it and sell him at the All-Star break.
1: Yeah, that's something I probably should have done last year because I had him everywhere.
0: All right, yeah, I'm going to put him just behind McCutcheon. Fair enough. I had a Christian Yelich. Yeah. So then I got Jose Batista. I I still I keep looking at him and thinking like twenty three is too low. But I don't know if I really want him ahead of Ramirez Marte or Yelich.
1: No, he shouldn't be ahead of those guys in my opinion.
0: Then there's Justin Upton. Uh, What about Adam Jones? You think he gets into this tier?
1: Yeah, he probably should be. I mean, as much as we like to poo poo -poo him for points leagues, you know, he still finished as a top twenty five outfielder last year. Super consistent, durable, going to play a lot of games, going to hit home runs also in that uh, Baltimore lineup. But, you know, batting average coming down a little bit. I think, you know, he should be towards the back end of this tier a little bit. I'd move him a little bit lower. I wouldn't have him yet.
0: I have him and Justin Upton back to back.
1: That's probably fair.
0: All right. And I'm going to let you pick this guy's spot because I think he does belong in this tier and I know you love him. David Dahl.
1: David Dahl, uh, man, it's so tough to rank him because we don't know what we're going to get out of him. Great ballpark, but is he going to play every day? Uh, I think I'd rather have one of these consistent guys over him. I think I'd rather have Adam Jones over David Dahl.
0: What about Justin Upton? Mm.
1: I think I'd still rather have J- uh, Justin Upton.
0: So I'm going to put David Dahl, the final guy in Tier 3. and I, I think that's... Do you have
1: Adam Eaton in this tier? I do not. I feel like he should be.
0: See, I feel like he should be in a similar tier as like a He finished Cole Calhoun. He had just
1: 9 points less than Carlos Gonzalez last year.
0: He is a player that is a and lot better. And I think he's going to get points.
1: better. I think he's going to get better on Washington.
0: Where did he finish last year amongst outfielders? Uh, he finished yeah, just ahead of Chris Davis, just ahead of Cole Calhoun. I was thinking He finished
1: 17th last year in points, and I think he could get better.
0: Yeah, he had eight. In the league I'm looking at, he had eight more points than Cole Calhoun. I was thinking those two kind of go like neck and neck. That's why I, I was going to put Adam Eaton at the start of tier four. I don't
1: think know. I'd rather have him than David Dahl.
0: Really? And you're the high guy on David Dahl?
1: Yeah. In a points league. Hmm.
0: Are you worried about the playing time with Dahl?
1: I think so. I think I am. And the fact that, I mean. He's still just, what, this is going to be his second year in the majors, and we've seen second-year guys take step backs. I mean, Miguel Sano just did one. We were expecting a lot more out of Mike Helfranco. So, I don't know, man. Second-year guys do worry me a little bit, Uh, and especially in in points leagues. I mean, I guess you could take a little bit more chances because you only start three outfielders usually, but I don't know. I like Adam Eaton. I'm in on Adam Eaton this year. Here's an
0: interesting name for you. Does he belong in Tier 3? Kyle Schwarber. No. Really,
1: I kind not in points.
0: I kind of think he does. Why is that? Because he does walk a lot. And he's going to give you a lot of home runs. He's in that great lineup. If he hits leadoff, he's going to score a ton of runs. And but is he going to
1: play every day? I mean, that's does he sit against left-handed pitching. I'm
0: concerned that he, if he'll play every day, and that he's going to lose at bats as a defensive replacement.
1: Yep, I think for all those reasons, maybe you could have him lead off tier four, but I'm probably not doing it.
0: Yeah, I'm, he's definitely going to be around this area. He's going to be a guy who I don't own in any leagues this year, though, because he's going to get overdrafted. Everyone's going to take him, hoping he gets catcher eligibility.
1: Yep, I agree with you. So that was
0: tiers one, two, and three. Maybe you know we'll finish tomorrow. Maybe not. We'll we'll let you know. But, but we're going to switch over a little bit to to basketball. Frank, you're you're our NBA guy here. Break down this uh this trade for us between what was it uh the the Nuggets and the Blazers.
1: Yeah, so this is interesting because Mason Plumlee was having a great year. I mean, all around, he's uh, he's a decent scorer, good rebounder, and a great passer for a big man. Uh, But he's a guy who needs big minutes uh, to meet his value. And and now, I mean, I think the minutes are going to come down. I don't think we're going to see him and Jokic starting together. I'd be really surprised if that happens. Uh, I I think they got him to be the backup there. He does a lot of similar things uh, that Jokic does, so... I think when they don't have Jokic on the floor, they want to have a big man that can that can pass the ball and facilitate the offense at the top of the key. So I think his value takes a step back just because the minutes aren't going to be there for him. Uh, and of Nurkic, I mean, this is a guy that we've, we've been expecting big things out of him for a long time now, but I kind of think he is what he is. A lot of stuff that comes out of Denver is that He's a head case. He's kind of hard to work with. You know, he wants to get more shots. He wants more playing time. And now he's going over to a team with CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard where, you know, those two guys are going to dominate possession. And rightfully so, they should because that's their team. uh, And and they are great scorers. So it it makes sense that they're going to dominate usage there. Uh, But I, I think he has to be owned now because he's going to be in the starting lineup. Don't expect 30 plus minutes. But if we see 25 to 28, you know, he could probably. He's finally free finally free. Uh, That's right, man. Nurkic, a lot of people were rooting for him to get more minutes last year. It's finally going to happen, but, you know, don't expect 30-plus minutes. Don't expect some, you know, a top 60 player moving forward, you know, in eight or nine category leagues. Uh, But, you know, could give you double-doubles, pretty good shot blocker as well, so that's going to help. But, I don't know, I, I think... Uh, There is a little bit to be worried with uh, Nurkic. The field goal percentage, free throw percentage is not great either. So that's something to consider. But he should be owned in uh, probably 10 or 12 team leagues or deeper.
0: And, uh, I I mean, for me as a Plumlee owner, I'm pretty sad.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Plumlee owners (laughs) around the country uh, should be a little bit sad because the minutes are going to take a dip.
0: Yep. Yep, it, I mean it's just the start. The tr- NBA trade deadline is next Thursday. We're gonna get a lot more of these moves, and you know we'll be sure that you hear Frank's opinion every single day on these trades. But you know when we come we're gonna take a break, and when we come back. We're gonna talk something that Frank and I both watched last night that we both uh, want to talk a little bit about the elimination chamber. So stay tuned for more from Fantasy BFFs. <laughs> Back to Frank's favorite one of our songs. He he dances like crazy whenever we come into this song.
1: Maybe I should challenge Scott Engel to a dance conference. I've been saying right this now. for a
0: while. You and the king should go head to head in a dance off in and rileys.
1: It'll happen one day.
0: Yeah, when Frank is a uh, is a little intoxicated.
1: Yeah, you know. You know <laughs> me, Mike.
0: So Frank, what were your thoughts on the elimination chamber?
1: Uh, Well, the last match was good. (laughs) That's pretty much (laughs) all I could say. No, I mean, the Randy Orton-Luke Harbour match I thought was also uh, really great. But besides that, I mean, very lackluster. Tag team, whatever they want to call that thing. What was it, like a roulette? Tag team roulette kind of thing?
0: Yeah, I thought it was... Tag team
1: turmoil it was called.
0: I thought it was pretty stupid because it completely... Not that they're ever any good, but the Ascension (laughs) just got completely buried.
1: Seriously, they came in and they... They had it right there to win, and they couldn't even get it done. Still, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, I was just watching that. I was I, I have to agree with you. Like I was finishing up rankings last night, and while watching it, and I hardly paid attention at all until uh, the, the I watched the Nikki Bella match. I thought that was okay. I like how they're teaching her John Cena's moves now too. Like, but uh, anyway, what was the point of the
1: countout for it though? Like they were building up this rivalry for so long, just to have a countout.
0: I don't know, and then you know they got she got attacked Nikki Bella again backstage, so I guess this is going to continue. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if any of us are excited for that, the only thing it makes me think is maybe they're not doing the Miz and his wife against John Cena and Nikki Bella.
1: Maybe not, but I thought the WWE kind of blew that last night with the divas because, I mean, this was the first time ever at a pay per view they were having three diva matches. And in my opinion, all of them were really lackluster. Like, they weren't great, uh, a little bit sloppy. I mean, yeah, Naomi won the championship, but, I don't know, it wasn't a great match in my opinion. So, I don't know. I didn't feel great about the yeah. diva matches. Uh, the main event was awesome.
0: The thing, uh, just real quick on the diva match, the, the only reason I think they're still going to do that thing with Nikki Bella is because they keep hyping up the fact that uh, Natal- 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 is that that's her name? Yep. That she said... You're going to die alone. John Cena's going to leave you, blah, blah, blah. I think it's going to be like, I'm not going to leave her. Will you marry me? And then, you know, you and all the John Cena haters will will want to change the channel. Yes, of course. (laughs) That main event, though, was pretty sick. I know you're hyped because you've long been a Bray Wyatt fan.
1: Yeah, he really needed a big pay-per-view win here, his first championship. Uh, it was really cool to see Randy Orton come out on stage, two and kind of give him the stare down. Uh, but something that should be mentioned is that on Talking Smack, after the show went off the air, uh, Daniel Bryan said, look, seven weeks until WrestleMania, a lot can happen in that time. Uh, so, I mean, is there a chance that Bray Wyatt loses? Or you think he's just going to get involved in the
0: uh, some some triple way. threat kind of because uh, I can't think of anyone else that he's going to face. Like, I think it could be a triple threat. I I, I mean, who do you see AJ Styles in fighting? Because you know it's going to be The Miz. I'm uh, Not The Miz. Uh, Baron Corbin against Dean Ambrose. So that's, you know, two high-profile guys. Unless they give him, you know, a terrible match against, like, a Dolph Ziggler or The Miz. Maybe he can fight The Miz, but they're both heels.
1: I was thinking maybe they do some kind of Raw versus SmackDown agenda for him, put him in a high profile match against someone else, uh, or or maybe have him reunite with a club, go up against like the New Day or something. I, I really don't know which way they're gonna go with it.
0: Yeah. I would actually like it if they did like a Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, but didn't they do that at a pay per view like
1: yeah, yeah that's a Survivor series thing. And I think that's gonna consistently happen, but I thought maybe at like WrestleMania or these bigger these other bigger pay per views they could do like a big name guy from Smackdown versus a big name guy from raw just for like a a pride kind of thing and see who walks away the the better competitor
0: yeah i I just i I could see AJ Styles getting into the mix for the the title that's kind of where he has been entrenched
1: yeah but I, I, I mean he was great as a champion he's probably the best in ring performer right now uh, but I think it makes more sense just to do Randy Orton versus Bray one on one because of the whole Wyatt family storyline, and this is a good way to kind of, you know, create drama within, and eh, it just makes sense.
0: Yeah, the only thing is, I think the match, the better match would be Orton story wise, Orton versus Wyatt. Like adding AJ Styles in there would kind of feel unnecessary. I don't know if you agree.
1: Yeah, I do kind of agree with that. So that's why I guess I'm kind of hoping that they do something else with AJ, but I really don't know what route they go.
0: Tonight we get Raw. Tomorrow we get SmackDown. So we will continue, even though in Greg Sussman's absence, to talk wrestling. Uh, Hope you enjoyed the show without our other BFF Greg Sussman. And for Frank Stample, I'm Mike Florio. Uh, Continue to listen to everything on Fantasy Sports
1: Radio Network.